Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Derek. Derek, I got something for you, man. I'm excited. What you got? Have you seen the show on Hulu, Only Murders in the Building? Have you seen this yet? No. Have you watched it? No. It's got uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and... I think so, like Selena Gomez, I think is her name. Anyway, so it's this—it's a funny show about like it's true crime podcast fans. They they have a murder in their building and they try to solve it. Anyway, Martin Short's character the whole time he's talking about dips and how he wants to get dips. <laughs> and all I could think of while I was watching the show was you and how much you would love the show because Martin Short talks about dips. Wow, I have Hulu. I'll have to check that out. You need to get it. It's actually pretty funny. It's a it's pretty good, pretty good, a pretty good series. But uh. Anyway, dips. There's dips in there. Love to dip it. Well, Derek, I don't know if you noticed, but it is November something. What is this? <laughs> I don't know what year it is. I don't know what month it is. I don't what even is know. It? it is the 18th of November. It sure. is almost December, and the year is uh, coming to a close. And you know what that means, Derek? What's coming up? Uh, Christmas? Yes. Okay, Christmas. Christmas. Um... Um, something else. Big, extravagant, work-related end-of-year parties? Is that... Wait a minute. Close. You're getting closer. You're getting closer, closer. End-of-year reviews. End-of-year reviews. End-of-year reviews. That's That's right. That's what it is. End-of-year reviews. And uh, I think I I probably speak for most people. I don't know if I speak for you when I say that end-of-year reviews are the goddamn worst. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Has this been your experience? I can say that that has been mostly my experience... I've had pretty decent luck with end-of-year reviews. This year will not be the case. Too much has happened. Too much has changed. Um, usually I can justify when things don't get done by saying, mm-hmm. because I did other stuff. But this year, nah, it's not really the case. Um, yeah. I did get pretty good at, uh, I improved my shot in basketball, but I don't think that's going to fly. On my, <laughs> Does uh, that count? I don't know I'll if you made it on one there. of your priorities in the beginning of the year at work, perhaps. <laughs> that's that's an it. interesting point. Maybe I should. But no, uh, it's interesting because at the company I work at now, we have not only reviews we have to do for ourselves, but reviews we have to do for our peers, which mm, is interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm being asked to do, you know, sideways reviews of other folks um, and giving input on, you know, other people's performance. Feels a little dirty, to be honest with you, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was like, well, let them tell you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's um, those are weird, especially if they're not um, if they're not anonymous, you know. Yeah, um, it could definitely lead to like an awkward <laughs> 2022 for sure. Right, right, right. I, I you know, I guess I, I can't really complain. My, my reviews haven't been all that bad. You know, I've had some in the past. I think um, generally my reviews tend to be something like, oh, you're doing great. Keep up the great work. Uh, you know, <laughs> not very productive feedback or concrete feedback is very difficult to, um, you know, uh, take that kind of feedback and make it actionable. Um, but I guess, you know, the thing that I, I, I struggle with with end of year reviews is being being tied to this priority that you set 12 months before. Mm. And, Absolutely. you know, I don't know, this whole idea of, you know, I said 12 months ago that I would do this thing. Um and now the end of the year is coming and I'm rushing to get it done. What might I be doing differently if that wasn't explicitly set out 12 months before? And am I only doing this thing now because I said I would do it? Is it still necessary? Is it still something that would serve the company or my or me or, or my team or whatever? Yeah. I think that's where I struggle with end of year reviews. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when 
you do an end of year review and you're caught off guard in the discussion, that's an indication that you probably didn't talk enough during the year with mm-hmm. whoever it is you're reviewing with, whether it's your manager or your peers. Giving people feedback throughout the year on how they're doing and when things change, making sure it's clear why. I've been yeah. updating my priorities in whatever little tool we use throughout the year. Um, now, my manager did leave the company, so it's going to be a little weird because the, man- <laughs> the, the manager I had set my goals, but um, I worked with him on yeah. it, you know, and, and uh, yeah. I felt good about him. I didn't reach every single one of them, but there were reasonable reasons why. Um, going into it with an expectation that you're going to check all the boxes, everything you promised at the beginning of the year, you're going to succeed in, in doing. I think that's just an unrealistic view of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I've had bosses in the past. My current boss is is pretty good about it. But I've had bosses in the past where the the priorities set at the beginning of the year were never something that anybody talked about until December of the following year. (laughs) And what's funny is, you know, we we talk about agile and continuous improvement and all these things and learning and iterating and learning and iterating. Um, To me, that goes against this whole idea of setting three big priorities in January and then revisiting them again 12 months later. It's a very waterfall approach <laughs> to uh, to a, um, you know, uh, feedback, right? A very waterfall approach to feedback. Um, I feel like that's, that's sort of like what ends up happening, which I guess, you know, it, it makes sense. I guess everybody's busy and everybody has stuff to do and, and those things might, might fall off uh, your radar throughout the course of the year. Um, but I, I think like your your idea though of um, constantly checking in, I think is much more like agile approach, right? Where you're you shouldn't be waiting until December to talk about your priorities. Um, you know what happens when things change? What happens when new things come to light? Man, yeah, you know, new things have come like to light. Uh, I find it to be difficult sometimes for folks to talk about a problem in the moment. Sometimes. Either they're too invested in it, they're not seeing, they're overly optimistic about it, um, mm-hmm. that it'll ha- that it'll be solved, and they kind of ignore a lot of the risks that are happening in the moment. Uh, the thing that, like, I would, if I, you know, I don't manage anyone at the moment, but if I managed people, are they keeping track of themselves? Are they keeping tabs on what what is important for the product or the business or the team are they checking in frequently to make sure that things are still making sense are they learning as they go so some of these things are are not going to show up on a list that you build in the beginning of the year these are just principled things that i would want to see indicated by I, w- I would like to see this 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 list change multiple times throughout the year you know right um, well, that's where I, yeah. I go back to like this idea of uh, an agile approach to yeah. um, to your priorities, right? As you learn new things, as you discover new things, you test things, you might find that that priority you had set was actually the wrong thing to push for. And I think we tend to we tend to be afraid of not finishing those big priorities because we said we would do it twelve months ago, but if it's December and we've we've realized, you know, six months ago that this may have been the wrong approach or 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 something else happened and something changed and it, it changed our perspective or or whatever, um, 
that's something that I, you know, why are we waiting until December to talk about this? Um, and I've, I've found at least that there's been a lot of people who, who get frightened of not finishing these or these things they said they would do. And like, I guess it depends on the company you work for and what the culture's like, and if there'd be some repercussions and, you know, your bonus is tied to this thing, or is there some monetary incentive that you're sort of striving for, which I, I think that's probably the wrong approach to tie bonuses to something like that. Cause you know, it's such a loose thing to just put together 12 months before with no real insight. You know, I don't know. Maybe it depends on what position you are at in the company, yeah. because it's kind of hard to give a CEO a, uh, a like no targets to reach. Um, cause they're judged based off of, you know, for example, the stock price or something like that, um, which I, I have my own feelings about, but, um, at an individual team level or individual person level, like you're on a team, you're working, it can be really difficult to piece together what you're being kind of, um, what's being told to you. Is it overly optimistic? Am I way off in thinking that, am I listening to everyone and, and, uh, and are they telling me the truth? Is it okay for me to tell the truth back to them? So it's like this trust thing. And I think one thing we've talked about in, a few meetings I've had in my company recently is this idea of a culture of fear. And I think fear of what, you know, and I thought about it a lot and I think it's fear of the truth of the truth of the truth of the collective truth. People all know and want to share, but is sort of blocked by this toxic kind of optimism that per, that's pervasive in large enterprises across the yeah. years. We've all, you know, we set these, you know, Hey, in Q2, I'm going to Q3, I'm going to Q4 and then I'm going to Q5, you know? And then in Q6, <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get you the, the Q out. <laughs> and I mean, I can tell you from my personal experience, usually these initiatives that you say are going to be done one year, it's, it's three years later and it works still not complete, you know? So, yeah, you know, there's anyway. definitely a, 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 a danger of that happening, right? Where this thing that's sort of this critical thing that gets pushed, kick, you know, kick the can down the road, down the road, down the road, and then it ends up never getting done. But I guess, you know, in that case, though, is that somebody's priority for their role? It's like a team goal. But is that a priority? Is that something that you, you're judged on based on your end of the year review? Right. Because the way I see it, and this is where I, I think I, I, I find the end of the year reviews tend to be sort of misaligned or whatever. It's like, to me, an end of the year review reviews how you did this year. Yeah. Right. Were, were you effective in your role? Did you did you discover the right things? Did you uh, get teams motivated to do certain things? Were you effective in your role, essentially, right? And it, I guess it depends on your role, clearly. But if your job, your role, uh, your, your goal was to sunset an application, and then halfway through, you realize that, wait a minute, we can't sunset this application because there's still some dependencies somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. We can't do it for one reason or another. There's some technical issue. Um, is that something to, to, rev- to, that you should be, uh, you know, judged on at the end of the year on your performance? To me, it's like, how did you handle that situation is what I should be judged on. You know, did you figure out a solution? Did you plan accordingly? Did yeah. you, you know, um, figure out a, a, a way around this issue? Uh, maybe you didn't sunset that thing by the end of the year. 
But you have a plan to sunset it, though, based on the new information that came to light. And and to me, that's how we should be judged in a review at the end of the year, not just, did you finish this thing you said you'd, you would do? Um, because that's a year f- ago, we didn't know nearly the amount of stuff we knew now. And so I just, I think maybe that, that optimism, that, what do you call it, toxic optimism, that we, oh yeah, oh yeah, it should be judged. It's totally easy. Oh, it's totally straightforward. We could definitely do it. Creating that goal for yourself, it kind of, uh, you know, gets you in a corner. It paints you in a corner and, and it makes it really hard for you to to really be effective because I think you're going to come down to the wire and you're going to push and push and cut corners or, or, or do something, ignore things just to get this one task done. Dude. Uh, and to me, that isn't good. I don't, I don't know. To me, that's just bad. Set, you're setting yourself up for future failure that way. Bro. I think you're on to something. Here, here's here's what I mean. Saying you're going to do something by a specific date puts... It's kind of a very simple way to... Uh, a simple target to reach. What's a more difficult target to reach? And it's also kind of a naive move, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not spending the time to invest in all the details of that ask. You're just saying, sure, get off my back. I'll get it done. You know, I know you're busy. You're a big CIO or a CEO. I'll just just get off my back. I'll take care of it. And that's what people are taught in some of these enterprise companies. Probably many companies deal with this. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of instead of that, in the beginning of the year, let's talk about the principles by which we will do our work. We will not and, and cut be held corners. and judged based on those. Yes, you follow those principles. Did you identify right. dependencies on your items before you said gave any indication of an estimate? Did you clearly communicate all of the pieces of work in a way that everybody can understand it? Did you consistently work with each team member to let them know? Here's what my expectations are. Here's where the business is at. Oh, things have changed. How did you do that? All that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is all you can really ask for. And right. it's the it's the role of like a, a leader to set those principles. Now it's kind of a, it's it's what you said kind of made it clear to my head. You can't set goals that are Im, that are impossible to reach. That's a flaw in 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 planning. People think that just by you motivate people by telling them or or putting fear in their hearts that they're going to have a bad review at the end of the year if they don't complete a piece of it. That's not, it doesn't work. They still don't get it yeah. done. Now they're angry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know what I've seen too? This is the other thing. When when you set a priority, generally in, in my experience, it's been on me to set the priorities. And I can certainly tell you what I would like to have done. But the larger your team, the less control as a percentage of the whole that you have over everything. Right. Yeah. You've got two people. You're you can maybe have control over half. You got ten people. You now have control over twenty percent or ten percent. Um, I'm not good at math. It's pretty. So good. It's pretty. Good. You've got ten percent. So how do you create a priority when you really need to work with that entire team to understand what you can control, what you need them to do before you can act or you can complete? And so I think that's the thing. Like I'm I'm seeing in in the past, the thing that I think has 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 been the hardest part is me setting priorities for myself without any insight into what is coming from other people, what other people might have trouble with, what other people, there might be dependencies on my stuff. I have dependencies on their stuff. So how, and how am I supposed to create a priority that I can feel confident hitting in December or by December 
without having that conversation with everybody together and making sure our priorities really align towards that that one North Star that we should all be working towards, right? We've, we've talked about this in the past, I think, this idea that like sort of parallel alignments can be slightly off and, and the further you get over time, the further there are apart, right? And so a year is a pretty long piece of time, I think. So like if you're not constantly checking in with everybody on your team to make sure you're course correcting and realigning, where are you going to be in 12 months and how on earth are you supposed to how on earth are you supposed to have any guarantee that you're going to complete thing or anybody's going to complete anything if you are waiting until December? So I think like for me, the thing I'm, I'm thinking about next year is like working with my team and, and everybody on the team when we talk about priorities to understand how my priorities align with theirs, if there are any dependencies on each other, if they need something from me, if I need something from them. And then also too, one of the other things I'm thinking about is like, writing in that priority, like an insurance policy, essentially, almost like, you know, this is instead of saying, I will have this done, I will work towards the goal of completing this, you know, and making sure that, you know, I, I leave room for myself to change if I decide that it needs to be changed. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it all depends on the culture. Like you said, though, like, is yeah. your manager cool with that? <laughs> what does your manager want you to do? Because that makes this really hard. Well, let me flip it on its head. What if the, all of the priorities were shared? priorities yeah. of the business okay let's assume uh let's say three projects you got to get done by the end of the year project one project two project three these are shared initiatives your goal is not to complete one your goal is to follow our standard and like our principles and ensure that we move in the direction of completing the priorities as shared by everyone on the team in, in big companies, there's a lot of hierarchy. There's also a lot of people feeling ownership over a large thing, which there's no reason for them to feel that way. There's no mm-hmm. reason for them to be like slaughtered because something missed, you know, by a month or two months. It's very likely not their fault that something was discovered late in the game. In fact, what are we supposed to be doing with software? We're supposed to be embracing requirements as they come in saying thank you for teaching me something new right but instead we fear them we are scared when new things come in we hate defects we hate changing requirements why i think it's 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 kind of all wrapped up in that stuff yeah absolutely i say embrace that stuff you know because i mean to me that's what the stuff that makes you a better not just a better developer but just better all around employee a better person embracing those those uh those things as they come I think the thing that people end up being afraid of when you said being afraid of the truth, what they're afraid of is not the truth. I don't think they're afraid of the repercussions of that truth. Not, yeah, not aligning with, with something that they thought or the way that they think or the, what the company said they wanted them to do. You know, it's not just, I don't think it's just fear of the truth. I think it's a fear of that, like maybe that cultural repercussion, of not getting that thing done and being and being afraid to tell your boss that you like oh well I didn't finish this thing because of these circumstances and maybe you're afraid to sound like you're whining or something I don't know yeah you know it's funny I had I had a uh, I had to say we couldn't do something and um, there were specific reasons why you know uh, and I was told the only reason I could provide for this was capacity constraints I said but it's not a capacity constraint we have the capacity. 
it's like literally a like um it's it's like an internal software dependency like we had the people it's not a capacity constraint we just can't do it you know like we we are in in like talks with a vendor and all this you know all this stuff and like i was like man how limiting that's the important stuff and we are limiting ourselves we should be diving deeply into when things change when defects appear and watching trends and all this stuff that's the yeah. fun part of software development because yeah. it's it's always happening and you yeah. constantly you're learning to kind of cope in this world of constant change but we're operating in a manufacturing mindset in a world of constant change you can't work that way right that's where the well, you know i is. think i think one of it though or one of the things that i think about when i think about this like fear at the end of the year is like this fear that something's new or something's changed and it's different from what you said 12 months ago but if you set the expectation all along the way that at the end of the year this isn't going to be where we wanted to be yeah it's different something's new something's changed as soon as you find out three months in six months in whenever it is um those things have to be communicated and you can't be scared to say we learned something new, right? That whole idea like RD cry of like the learning release and, yeah. and all these things. If you learn something and you find something out, embrace it and, and understand that that is something new that will help you make a better decision as opposed to being scared that it's going to keep you from hitting your goal at the end of the year. We need to change our mindset, our call. I mean, this is so much easier said than done, but how do you change your team's culture to be excited that you found out a new thing? You know, even if that means pushing a deadline back, right, bro? I got an idea. I don't okay, know. right now we're we're putting fear in the in the eyes of teams. They have this uncertain road ahead of them. Imagine a field full of wheat or a field full of grass. Okay, mm. and and at the end of the grass, they see kind of the tip of a little house, and their goal is to get to the house. All right, and they're looking down the. You know, I love my analogies, baby. You know, I love. Them. No, so looking at, looking at that sucker right there, I see the house. But the grass is so high, I can barely tell what the house looks like. Well, we got to roll through it. So we trudge through the grass, and we punch through it. And halfway through, we realize there's a, a huge moat in the way, or a huge swamp. We didn't see it. It was in the grass. What we need to be empowering our teams to do is build a path through that grass so that it's clear as shit. Clear what that shit. house looks very, like. Which, by the way, is very clear, just to be yeah. clear. Very clear. <laughs> clear shit is very clear. You build a path through, and as you move, you scythe through the grass and clear up path. And what I mean by that is don't assume things. Stop assuming things. Stop it. We get in so much trouble with our with our estimates, with our goals, by simply assuming someone's going to do something or do something else. Be very skeptical, incredibly skeptical about the world around you, the business, the people you work with. They're there to help you, and trust builds up over time. There are certain people you've been able to work with that demonstrate trust. Trust them. People you haven't haven't demonstrated trust, don't trust them. Like, it's okay not to trust, trust but verify. It's okay. Trust but verify, I was going to say. Yeah, trust but verify. But, like, you you don't have to just assume everybody is on it. You don't have to make them feel bad for not being on it. But it's, I, th- I think it's like, and maybe that's part of a, a, a job of people at a certain role or in a certain role, me like a manager or whatever, just to make sure that, like, we're not assuming everybody's on task with everything. 
Yeah. You run the risk. Well, that's... You run the risk, though, dude, of like causing problems with the team if you do that, though. You know, because yeah. if you if you stop trusting implicitly, there's like a level of it. Maybe you know, maybe that's a that's a different discussion. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I I would say like not necessarily don't trust like the trust but verify thing like yeah i'm gonna trust you but like is there some way to just check up on it make sure that it's happening maybe you do like you know i think stand up or something is a great way to do that just like are they on it is that something that you can help me with i need help with this you know instead of waiting till a month before the end of the year and saying hey can somebody help me with this you know maybe make sure those dependencies are something that you get done you talk about early in the year perhaps um you know i don't know well i have an idea I know we're we're coming up on time here, big guy, but uh, I have an idea. All right, last idea. All right, hit me up. All right. So instead of always pinging people and making, hey, are you done yet? Are you done yet? I feel like that's the job of like half the managers in a big company. Um, <laughs> are you done yet? Uh, but like it set an expectation that when they have problems, they come to you. And the indication, and there's if there's a problem that escapes. Have a discussion. Say, look, we talked about this. I don't need to check yeah. in on you. I trust that you can do your job well. That's why I hired you. I need you to let me know if you need help. I need you to communicate what you're doing. And when you're done with stuff that's significant, I need you to communicate it to us in a clear way that makes sense to everybody, not just your team. Stop using acronyms. Stop using things that don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. Make sense when you talk because people are listening. Don't waste 35 people's time in an hour-long meeting talking a bunch of crap just to get around just because you're afraid that you missed a date. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, that, that, maybe that's what I meant more than check-in. No, yeah, I feel you, man. Yeah, I, I think um, I think for me, though, what I'm taking away from this end-of-the-year stuff and next year, too, when I got to write my priorities for next year, it's going to be in such a way that doesn't necessarily tie me to delivering a thing necessarily – think that should be in there and and implied certainly but part of the priority should be about learning and understanding Mm. the larger context of everything so that you can deliver something on time right instead of i'm going to deliver this thing on time the priority should be work to understand this process and blah 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 so that i can deliver something because part of that when you write it that way part of that priority is discovery it's uncovering learning. uncertainty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's So that's big. what I'm going to do. And the end of the, you know, the end of this year, I think my boss is pretty cool. I think we uh we're on the same page. We we chat actually. We have I'm I'm lucky because we do one-on-ones every week, every other week. So we don't have them every week, every other week. Um are they every week? I can't remember. Anyway. Um so we chat quite a bit. So I'm pretty lucky. Uh and I get some good feedback, but I think if you're out there and you're a manager and you're not talking to people and you're not encouraging them to give you feedback or updates on these things and if you are a manager and you're waiting until 12 months later to ask them if they finished something, you're not doing your job right. So don't do yeah, that. You suck. Um but yeah, you heard just it. constantly checking in and I think just setting expectations early and often as often as you possibly can and not just being scared and refined of that, too, yeah. That truth not being scared of that truth, like you said, I think that's a huge thing to just take away. Mm-hmm. So, end yeah. of the year. And if all else fails, Jeremy, what, what are you going to do? You're in your end of year review. It's not going well. Tickling. That's the answer. Tickling. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. I should have known it. it was coming. Yeah. It's just like be tickle, 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 like that. Do you have to say tickle when you tickle? Tickle, 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 tickle. Um, I think otherwise just... it's an HR problem. Yeah. I think, it's, it. I think it's weirder if you don't say tickle, tickle, tickle when you're tickling. Especially a coworker, if you're just yeah. tipping them and you're stone cold quiet, I think that's mm-hmm. weirder, to be honest. Well, it, unless you look them right in the eye as you do it. 
Just dead in the eye. <laughs> Stone cold, straight face, tickling right in the eye. Yeah, breathe I tell you, heavy. Nothing, breathe heavy as you do it. Nothing weirder than that. <laughs> well, on that note. On that note. All right, everybody. So end of year reviews. Get your stuff in there. We, uh, By the way, uh, next week is Thanksgiving, so I'm not sure if we're going to have a a podcast, uh, an episode drop next week. We'll see. Um, but we'll, uh, if not next week, we'll be the week after. Um, actually, I guess if I'm saying that, uh, we're not going to, you're not going to hear this after Thanksgiving. Anyway. <laughs> that was silly. So this week is the week before Thanksgiving. So you might not hear this until the week after Thanksgiving. And if that's <laughs> the case, I hope you didn't eat too much turkey. <laughs> Take a big uh, nap. So that's it. Check us out on retrotimepodcast.com. Get yourself some stickers. Remember, Derek, what happens? Five-star review? What are we doing? I'll write you a song, baby. Get yourself a, a review jam. So check us out, and uh, I guess that's it. I'm going to be driving home 12 hours down to New Orleans in a day, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you that, man. Oh, good deal, mm. man. I got out of that, actually, this year. Yeah, um, we're, not, we're not driving home for Christmas, so we're, we're lucky. But uh, mm. anyway. It's going to be quite an experience. I wish you the best. Oh, it's fun. It's always fun. Three and a half and a five and a half year old in the car for 12 hours. Woo! Mm. She got that minivan though, so you'd be all set. Living that minivan life, baby. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I'll, I'll be comfortable at least. I got that lane keep assist, you know, mm-hmm. and just uh, steers for me. Just oh, try yeah. not to fall asleep. I know you all know? about it. It'd be nice. Hop up, get myself hopped up on coffee, Red mm-hmm. Bulls, you know, try not to pee every, every 30 minutes mm-hmm. and I'll get there eventually. <laughs> we'll get there. All right, all right bro. Derek. Until next time, y'all. I'll see you. Take it easy. I turned a normal meal into a dip recently. Um, Nothing wrong with that. You know, we do a lot of charcuterie boards, and we always have a little dip, like a hummus or something. Oh, yeah. Gotta love that. Kids love a charcuterie board. They do. They call it it a meat plate, but... (laughs) A meat plate. Well, if you call it charcuterie board, it sounds sounds fancy. yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Charcuterie. So next time, yeah, charcuterie board. It's not a meat plate. It's a charcuterie board. <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, so Derek, go ahead. How you go? 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 What are we talking about today, Jeremy?